Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, good afternoon. Welcome to a special edition of the Super Talk Eagle Hour. We're broadcasting here from Corner Market Midtown. Uh, it's uh, the day before Good Friday, the day that we're reminding everybody about the homes of hope for kids uh, down in Purvis and asking you uh, between now and over the course of the next couple of days when you're in a corner market to uh, pick up a couple of extra cans of uh, canned food and uh, drop those off in the donation boxes that you'll find at every corner market throughout the Pine Belt every day of the week. Luke Johnson, Kelly Sander, we're uh, both here. And Luke, you know this, uh, corner market basically provides all the food for Homes of Hope, and they do that kind of quietly and behind the scenes. Absolutely fantastic of everything that they do. We were here at Christmas, and you know, just to see uh, the, the ways that they love communities and stand in the gap for kids who, you know, for many ways wouldn't have another advocate if it weren't for the uh, right. the, the Hope Homes. No question. All right, Cliff Russell is going to join us. Uh, he's with us now every Thursday. He's here. He's going to be with us in a few minutes. Richard Giannini, former athletics director, is on his way into the building. We expect him to walk in any minute. He, of course, is on the board of directors of Homes for Hope. And and uh, so we're grateful to have him. All right, guys, uh, baseball moved up, uh, unfortunately, uh, to 3 o'clock. Uh, tough Old Dominion team. Team didn't get there until last night, so I'm sure they would have enjoyed the few extra hours, but they uh, got to do what you got to do, right? There's a lot of series, Bob, this weekend that are being postponed completely, you know, because of uh, volatile weather. And I expect a lot of major league uh, home openers today for some of the teams that have not had their home openers yet. But these are all, you know, in the Midwest part of the, you know, the United States. And it's uh, pretty volatile. So the fact that they're even getting to start this series this is good This might have been a good one to postpone. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the rains up in North Folk will move in in the evening. And it's going to be chilly, guys, the next couple of days. The high tomorrow up there, 56, supposed to rain all day tomorrow. Saturday, it's clear. So I don't know, you know, I don't know, it wasn't any mention of a doubleheader, but it may be hard to get, you know, three games in. We've already seen one Sunbelt series earlier in the year that, that two of those games were canceled. So don't want the Golden Eagles just to go up to Virginia to, uh, to only make one, uh, you know, one one game. So hopefully they can get two out of it at least. But I do understand the reservation that Bob has. They got in there late last night, so you barely can catch your breath. I mean, you get settled into the hotel, get to bed, then have to get up early to play early. You, you hope it 
you hope it won't bring an, an unfair advantage to Old Dominion, but uh, in fairness to the Monarchs, there is nothing no, you can that, do about it. it. You know, it's just not the routine they went up right. there having scheduled. Right. But, but you're right. It is what it is. Guys, I, I got to tell you, after Tuesday night, uh, southeastern Louisiana, I think a pretty good baseball program. Golden Eagles uh, strung together a lot of hits. They're really hitting the ball much better in the last two games. I called me Mr. Too Optimistic, but I, I, I sense that the that the team is gelling some and, and really improving. I think this weekend will tell you more about this team because I think with all with all due respect to uh, to Georgia Southern, for example, I think Old Dominion is probably the best team that the Eagles will have faced up to this Correct. point. And for and for any of the naysayers, remember that the weaker teams although there aren't many, the weaker teams in the Sun Belt are still to come on the schedule. Right. All right, Richard Giannini joins us, and thank you, sir, for coming. I appreciate it. I'm a minute or two late. We had our clay shoot going on down at Poplarville uh, for Homes of Hope, so I rushed up here and traffic was greater than I thought, but I'm glad to be on with you guys. Well, we do want to talk sports with you, but we obviously want to talk to you about Homes for Hope. Uh, The guys here at Corner Market, of course, I don't need to tell you, are big supporters, and uh, and I know that you've, you guys have undergone some management. Kind of update us on how things are going and uh, how the new, you know, the new operation seems to be moving. Well, forward. It's, it's really going tremendous. Uh, as you are aware, uh, uh, Judge Mancingo took over as the CEO of Homes of Hope on January one, and uh, he's been in the job three months and he's doing a fabulous job. He's uh, hit the ground running and uh, is really doing fabulous and. Uh, uh, I know he really loves the work he's doing, and uh, and he's catching on real quick. Uh, uh, got to a lot to learn, just like I had a lot to learn, but uh, things are great, and uh, we've got a wonderful staff out there. Uh, we ended up, believe it or not, uh, our fundraising year last year with all the issues that we had. Uh, we ended up raising more money than ever in the history of the organization in a year so. Wow. Uh, Things are really great. Uh, we've got uh, some new house parents that are terrific. Uh, so uh, couldn't be happier with the Good. way the direction that uh, Homes of Hope is going, and especially for the children that are out there. Tell our listeners uh, what role Corner Market Food Stores plays for uh, you. I, I can't thank them enough. Uh, the Roberts family, uh, uh, when Doc Roberts was alive, he started it uh, many years ago. Uh, when the ministry started and uh, uh, would donate food every week uh, and uh, they continue to do that Uh, they continue to help uh, the children by uh, the groceries during the week and then also on special occasions he uh, uh, just goes out of they go out of their way and i want to particularly thank uh, uh, forrest roberts and david roberts uh, and the entire crew at uh, Corner Market for the job that they're doing. And they're like us. They're in a growth mode, and we hope we're in a growth mode. And they're uh, a great partner. Couldn't ask for a better uh, company to... Uh, help us and assist the children that are out of, at Homes of Hope. And Mr. G, I think a lot of people generally know about Homes of Hope, but but we always have new listeners and so on. That can can we take a deeper dive into the ministry? For some people that don't really know the T's crossed, the I's dotted. Yeah. What is Homes of Hope? Well, it, it was started uh, in uh, down here about 16 years ago. And the initial home was uh, built uh, between Purvis and Hattiesburg. 
and uh, I guess it's Old Veterans Highway, uh, Old Highway 11 or New Highway 11, I'm not sure which. But uh, we have a 46-acre campus. We have five houses that each house can uh, hold up to eight children, but they also have a home for the house parents and also a bedroom for relief parents when, when they come on duty. And so each house is probably in the neighborhood of uh, 8,000 square feet. Um, every child that's in a room, they're two to a room, and they all have their own private bathroom uh, in those bedrooms. And we actually have four houses, uh, but we have uh, several apartments that uh, we have staff living in the apartments. Uh, we also have transition housing for uh, uh, individuals that may be in college or out of out of high school. Uh, we have a commissary, which uh, 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 the corner market helps us keep it stocked, along with other people in the community. But uh, there again, uh, we couldn't say enough about corner market. Uh, but we've got an office building. We have a brand new uh, 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 facility that's an activity center that. Uh, the kids can go there uh, after school. We've got a library in there. They can do their homework there. We've got a, uh, an activity room. We've got a strength weight room. Uh, so it's, wow. it's quite a facility. And, uh, you know, people, uh, a lot of, we, we have a lot of donors that donate because of the children, but they've never been out there to see the, uh, uh, the facility. But it is outstanding. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, it's uh, it's state of the art, and and uh, we got a state of the art leader now, and uh, Judge Mazingo, and uh, uh, things couldn't be going any better. And where do the kids come from? Uh, basically, they're all from the state of Mississippi. Okay. And, and uh, you know, we get children that are referred from uh, churches. We get them re- uh, uh, referred from the courts. You know, they're in families that have been in a crisis situation that. Uh, a parent may have split or uh, may be incarcerated or well, for whatever reason they can't take over take care of their children and of course the courts are involved in that point and uh, we actually get the guardianship from the courts uh, and, and have the guardianship for them so we can you know do everything we can take care of their medical we can take care of their schooling you know we can take care of everything for them uh, and uh, so, you know, right now we're sitting on about 20 children. You know, we're really capable of handling up to 32 children. But, you know, in the transition, we wanted to make sure we were, you know, that we had the staff and, and uh, the, the, you know, the staff and house parents to take care of that. that. So uh, that, that'll come. More children will come because uh, uh, God, God provides that for us. And so we have faith that... Uh, will continue to grow from that standpoint. All right. It's a wonderful organization. Richard Giannini very much involved in making sure that uh, those kids have what they need. All right. We got you here. We're fixing to go into a commercial break, but we want to talk a little sports with you. You good? Great. Great. All right. Richard Giannini, Cliff Russell, still to come. Super Talk Eco Hour from Corner Market, Midtown, and Hattiesburg.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, welcome back to Midtown Hattiesburg. Uh, we're all here at the Corner Market here in Midtown, this beautiful store here in Midtown Hattiesburg. Bob Kelly, Luke, Super Talk Eagle Hour on the road. I'm glad to be down here. Cliff Russell, I'm going to be joining us shortly. Richard Giannini, former athletics director at Southern Miss, is with us. Now, you said Cliff Russell, Mr. Giannini, uh, helps out with Homes of Hope. Yeah, I'd love to give him a shout-out. Uh, he won't hear, but you can... Tell him how much we we at Homes of Hope support what he did to support us. And uh, he's had our children there, all the children there, and the house parents, uh, and fed them mugshots, hamburgers. So we we really appreciate what he's done for the children out at Homes of Hope. You know he does an imitation of you. <laughs> Pretty good one, too. Uh, I bet, I bet. It's the most sincere form of flattery. That's Mr. Exactly right. yeah, I've had a few of those guys do that. <laughs> All right, I want to gravitate to baseball. Have. They all are baseball. All right. all right, I want to get your opinion on this because you know more about athletics than I ever will. I get so frustrated, for example, watching the baseball team and think that the University of Florida came in and literally bought one of the starting pitchers. Southern Miss not the only school that, that that's happened to. We hear that there's activity right now swirling perhaps around the basketball team, and this is going on all over the country. I can't believe as an old-school guy that this is good for college athletics. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm a real old-school guy, and, and uh, I just uh, I just don't like the way they're going about it. And I'm, I'm all for the athletes, uh, but uh, the, the, and we've got several here, <laughs> Mr. Johnson and uh, Mr. Russum, that uh, were athletes, but... Number one, you know, you want them to get their academic, their education, because you can look at the percentage of those players, athletes, that ever make it professionally, and it's less than 1%. Mm-hmm. And uh, all you're doing is taking that, and, you know, I think that there's a way that uh, it could be handled where it's done more on an evenly basis, and it's not like the pros that the, the greatest player gets all the money. And uh, I just think that athletes at that age, at the 16, 17, 18-year-old, uh, it, it's a different ball game. It's a different ball game for maturity where they are at that standpoint. And, uh, you know, I'd like to see more of a level playing field, and it may be between the group of five and the power five, but there ought to be a way that, uh, that uh, schools like Southern Miss and the group of five that could, could have a fund that would help additional money for these players but every athlete be held the same and uh you know and it would be more than what they're getting now but it's just as much as what the school can afford because there's just a limit on it and you can't rob peter to pay paul and that's what's going to happen is these you know a lot of schools have a lot of people that are putting a lot of money into their program facilities and you know the money to pay for these scholarships the money to pay the coaches and the next thing, all of a sudden, they're competing against themselves, and they put the money towards athletes, and then the school struggles. And so there's, there's got to be something that'll be uh, something worked out where there, there can be additional money provided to the athletes, but not, not the, the amount of money in the way it's being handled right now. And, and I'm a firm believer that, you know, what are we teaching these young kids? We're teaching them when they're at a place and the tough gets going, it becomes all about money, 
if they're not playing, they get mad, they want to go someplace else to play, and then they have no loyalty to the institution. And there's an institution that recruits them, works them, gives them the first offer, and the minute they have success, they're jumping ship. Or if yeah. they don't have success, they think there's a you know there's a rainbow on the other side of the street, and uh, and uh, just like you know it's like cows, you know the the pasture on the other side of the street is the same as the pasture you're in, and you better be careful what you're doing when you're moving like that. And uh, I just think we're teaching the wrong character and values. And uh, and there again, I'm you know I was all in to help them with more money than just academic scholarship because there is a cost of attendance. Mm-hmm. And if and the schools could literally cover the cost of attendance, that would help in that regard. And also, you know, in the old days, they had this laundry money that was like $25 a month. But if the schools could come up and pay them where they had expense money, I mean, what more value you could get? You're going to get your academic degree. You're not the, the old, you get to that 21, 22, 23 range, you're going to be a much better athlete at that point in time. You're going to be much better trained to get that big money, but get the degree and then move on. Yeah. Comment and question. So we're about to see a, a different dimension of the transfer portal. After spring ball, this will be the first time that we've really seen the portal in action post spring, pre summer, which is crazy to think about. When, as NIL becomes uh, the the norm and the standard, and to your point about funds coming in, what are what are athletic departments and universities going to do to protect themselves when they invest in a student athlete, but there's no punitive damage if the athlete just says see you later after a year? They've invested all this money. Businesses have invested in this money. Are, are you going to see uh, like a possible move to like a contract type where you treat college athletes well, yeah, in that and, way? And I think what's going to happen right now. With some of the people that are getting this money, I guarantee you half of them didn't even know that they had to pay tax on that money. And all of a sudden, yeah. they come up and they get a 1099 saying, okay, here, you know, you got $60,000 and, uh, you know, you owe the government X amount of dollars. And all of a sudden, they're going to say, oh, that is. And they, they, when they get a 1099, they got self-employment tax <laughs> on that right. as well. That, that's right. They got to pay the Social Security portion of that and all so, it, but do you, do you see that like where an athletic department could say, okay, we're going to treat you like a contract, and if you break, you know, if you transfer for whatever reason, you've got to reimburse businesses or NIL pool. I mean, well, I eventually think, you got to protect yourself. Yeah, eventually you? all that's going to come, and uh, you know, and my deal is that you know, academically, you know, it, it seems like the last two years, three years, there are no rules. Yeah, and no one's guarding the in house. And not only in going about the NIL and the transfer rule, you know, they, they just passed a rule now that it's making it more difficult to transfer. You got one time free, and then the next time, you know, you got to have a qualified reason. Parents sick? Come on. I mean, they've been doing that forever. And there's always a reason that, that you know, if, they, if the parents, they get an attorney, they'll, they'll work it out where that kid will be gone without having to, you know, sit out. And so, uh, you know, I I just think they keep stubbing their toe when they go to make these rules. And uh, now that they have a new president of the NCAA, I hope that he can figure it out and and make something happen. And I don't know why the past president didn't get all those conferences together and say, okay, we got 11 of you guys, 11 conference commissioners, 
we're going to have a retreat and we're going and we're not going to leave until we have a rule and have it. I mean, just like that. My observation, Mr. G, there's a part of the human anatomy called a backbone that is is, is absent in a lot of these these administrators. Right, and, and, and the rule that they pass that they open the portal back up now is crazy. Yeah, it is. You know, you go through spring practice and the coach is lined up, he knows his player and he knows his roster. And then, boom, here they go again. And then so they ought to say, okay, we're going to have spring practice forever. You know, no limit on practicing. Cause there, there's actual – right. there's some teams that are over scholarship right now, and they need to basically cut five scholarships before they go into fall kill. I mean, it's crazy the way the roster is. Oh, well. yeah, and, and they're rolling the dice, and they have to. Right. They're going to get left short. Right. And then, One of the commentators yesterday made it, uh, the national commentators – there, and I'm paraphrasing here, that he thought that the group of five schools, because of the NIL now, are essentially or will become junior colleges, essentially, where the players will go their freshman year, get trained, you know, develop, and then after their sophomore year, maybe bolt for somewhere else. Right. I thought it was a, a good example. Yeah, and, and I, 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 you know, I think the group of five, if they're smart, they have a great opportunity. And but they got to be smart about it. They got to make sure that they have a seat at the table on this legislation, so they don't get blown away by the legislation. Uh, but on the same token, if they would ever get their act together as a group, I think that they could put a lot of pressure on the big guys. And I think I think that there's cause some of the big guys aren't going to be big guys in another four or five years because they're not going to be able to stay in the game financially. And a lot of that may be the academic institutions. You know, who knows who it's going to be. But, uh, you know, and I do see there going to be a pushback, just like there was a pushback in the NFL the last couple of years. I think there's going to be a pushback of the big-time college football when it's all pay-for-play and it's all, you know, you get to that point. And I, I think there are just as many athletes in the group of five we saw in the final four. Look at the final yeah. four. Look at that, that championship. The, you know, the reason that they got to that point was that there are so many great athletes around. And, and uh, you know, that, that, that's the, the first time you've seen that. And I think that'll get it'll continue. But the big boys will try to stop that, too. But uh, anyway, I... Uh, uh, there's going to be a lot going on in the next few months, and you guys will have a fun time trying to figure it out. Right Us yeah. old guys just sit there in amazement. Mr. G, thank you. We always love having you on the show. You're welcome guest anytime. Well, great. I just want to thank you all again for Homes of Hope and uh, what Corner Market does, what Mugshots does. Uh, what the community has done for us, and uh, that's what it's all about. It's all about the future and our children. All right. Thank you, sir. We'll be right back for more from Corner Market. Midtown. Cliff Russell joins us right after this. Southern Miss to the top. All right, welcome back. Quarter Market Midtown, Super Talk Eagle Hour on the road. We want to thank Richard Giannini for joining us in the first half of the show. Also, obviously, we want to thank Mike Souton and uh, 
uh, the great Roberts family, and what a wonderful, what a wonderful family and company. And we always appreciate Corner Market having us down here twice a year, actually, Easter and uh, Christmas. And we always look forward to bringing the Eagle Hour here to Corner Market. Cliff Russell is with us now. He started joining us every Thursday, and. He's a great baseball player at Southern Miss and the proprietor of Mugshots. And Cliff, did I really hear Kelly ask you when you walked in the door you didn't bring lunch? He he did ask me that. And whoever's idea it was to set up me and Center arm's length of some cupcakes here in the front of Corner Market, yeah. that's that could be trouble. I noticed the security guard standing a little closer to Kelly as he continues to eyeball the cupcakes over there. <laughs> yeah, no one can eat just one. <laughs> All right, man. We appreciate you coming on. We're glad to have you. Yeah, man. absolutely. Thank you all. Thank you all for having me back. All right. Let's look ahead. Old Dominion, Luke and I talking earlier, they were just such a handful here last year. They could really, should have been in the NCAA term. I think we all know who sh- they should have taken their place, but we, that'll be for another show. University of Mississippi, Oxford. Yeah, so uh, uh, tough, tough challenge for the Golden Eagles. Right? Yeah, it should, should be an awesome weekend, and, and this is one that I'd, I'd love to have here again this year, because you're right, that that team last year was, was so much fun to watch, and uh, we, we Jason Baker and I got to interview Coach Finwood before that series, and just a great guy to talk to him and, and what he's done with that program. And if you remember, look, they were a number one seed in the regional two years ago, uh, and then last year they did what they did and, and absolutely should have been in a regional last year. And then here they are this year picking right up where they left off. And, uh, look, they, they hit just as good as anybody in this conference. They look like they're going to pitch just as good as anybody in this conference. And, um uh, Probably fair to again say that probably not the strongest schedule to this point, but um, you know it should be a fun weekend up there. So does the change in time does that amount to much? They they moved the game up two hours. Team I understand got there about eight thirty nine o'clock last night. Is that a factor? I mean, I, I don't think so. I mean, it, it, it's not ideal, obviously, but but it, to say it's a factor, I, I don't think so. Uh, you know, if it were anybody, T- Tanner Hall, I think is is just. To me, he's, he's just unfazed on stuff like that. And, and knowing his personality and uh, the way he goes about his business, I think he's going to be ready no matter what time you tell him that first pitch is. I'm not trying to be over overly optimistic here, you guys. But, I mean, you know, you hear the chant all the time, overrated. I think Old Dominion is over. I mean, they did play Georgia Southern. Which was a common opponent, but up to that point, they played nobody. Luke, they have played <laughs> Hold on. nobody. Three fifteen batting average, sixty one home runs, thirty eight of forty three on the base path <laughs> against crappy teams. <laughs> so I mean, sixty one home runs. We, we, look, time will tell. We'll find out this weekend. I, I know that, and and but you, but I have a fair. I mean, at least a not, point. Yeah, I right? think no. I, I think it's a fair argument. Um, yeah, to to say that. But you're here's, speaking against the troops, man. VMI. They played VMI. Don't speak against the military. I, I know. I know Blake Morgan, their Friday night guy, the guy that's throwing tonight, Thursday. Is his numbers are not where they were a year ago, but but he's he's he can pitch. He, he's really good, and what he did last year is just unbelievable. Uh, and then their number two guy is is right behind Tanner Hall uh, in in pitching in this league, and and I think there's one two guy. There's they they're a lot like us. They got to figure out the Sunday guy. Uh, but their one-two guys are, are, are going to be competitive and give you a chance to win. You're speaking against the Saints. They played St. John's. They played St. Joseph's. You're speaking against, like, American uh, you religion know, and the military. William, William and Mary? They, I mean, Well, I think it's fair to say you that did they, Mary one time, I think. they can only play who, they, who they're scheduled against. I understand, and, but if you try to compare them 
to a Southern Miss schedule. No, there's, there's right. no comparison. No, there no, isn't. Not, not to, to this point. To Kelly's point, they play Virginia in a midweek, got beat eight. Yeah, they lost, yeah. So uh, here, here's my question. So Morgan, because last year you look at this game, Tanner gave up a couple hits and a home run, struck out 14. The other way, Morgan struck out half, but he shut us down. I mean, seven innings. What makes him so good? But, I mean, you look at he's given up four – runs four times out. He gave up an eight spot against Charlotte. He's had two where he gave up only two runs. But, you know, I guess it's like which Blake Morgan we'll see. If we see the good Blake Morgan, what will we see this afternoon? Yeah, last weekend was his best outing, I believe. And, and what you're going to see is a changeup. You're going to see a strike thrower. He's not overpowering, uh, but a really good changeup. And that's what we saw last year and, and just keeps you off balance and knows how to pitch. Uh, even as a freshman last season, but yeah. um, you, you don't like seeing suspensions. Um, the last one we served tonight, Ewing won't be in, but Parker should be back. Cross your fingers. Um, I think that will give us five righties in the lineup. If if uh, well, Robertson or Lacey at second. So at least you're not in you know an eight or a seven or eight lefty lineup. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. And I not, I had not heard that about Parker. So that's great to hear. I know Coach just Perry, kind of the rumbling. Yeah, no, that that's that's. Uh, uh, to me, that's what you know. Obviously, those bats have kind of come alive the last couple games, and uh, but I think Tate Parker is going to be a big part of that lineup going forward. What did Ewing get suspended for? He didn't do anything. <laughs> well, forget it. Well, it, Billy Otto moved it, you to know, Sunday. You like that? Fifteen to twenty Georgia Southern players apparently were suspended well, as well. They, so anyway, yeah, Oldham, Oldham. Like, uh, yeah, no, I, I do. I, I tell you who he reminds me of is, is Hunter Riggins from last right, season and, right. and that Sunday guy from they last year. Alike. They do look alike and they pitch alike, and and you can, he just knows his way around that zone and, and he can pitch his way out of situations. And uh, but here's the kicker to that: I, I think if if Nico Maza can figure out, and look, I don't know if they're planning on moving him in the in the midweek or if they're going to use him out of that pen. But I know if he can come out of that pen, he could be a weapon. I mean, Nico Mazza has got tremendous stuff. The batting average against is, is phenomenal. It's some of the best in the conference. If he can figure out that command at those strikes, he's tough to hit. What's the, the mental aspect of is there less pressure as far as the reliever? You come in spots, but it's almost like you – you you're pitching in a shorter span. You don't have to hold back. You can be more natural. I mean, what's the the, the plus or minus the starter mindset and the reliever mindset? I mean, yeah, no, it's different. There's no doubt. And and you know, as a starter, you get a you get the time to kind of compare and and, and prepare. And, and look, he's done it already in the midweek, and we've seen him be successful with it. But on the other side, you've seen him also hold him come out of the pen and be successful. Yeah. But uh, it's just a, it's a different mindset, and it's it's it's. Uh, I think it's more about how you approach and, and that second time around that lineup, and it's not just you kind of have to pace yourself, and you know, obviously you're not going out there just full effort for trying to get three or four outs like he's done in this, that position. Uh, this conference schedule is is front stack. Texas State, Georgia Southern, Troy, Old Dominion, first three or four on the road. A little breather next week against James Madison. Then you got Coastal. And then the, the typical powers down the stretch, South Al and, and Louisiana, aren't up but i mean we've been saying it all week this conference is completely still wide open to anybody yep and and here's here's i was looking today luke and and i think southern is one or two pitching in the in the league depending on what stat you're looking at fielding their one or two so they're, they're pitching well and they're fielding well they're going to be there in the end in my opinion and that's that's what i when don't people, don't speak against fordham don't say anything against fordham. oh yeah fordham Ooh. draw the line against fordham oh yeah the the, the red foxes they're <laughs> tough there but or whatever they are um but i and when you and early in the year people are going oh the pitching staff was just not i know they're not the staff as a whole that 
But my heavens, they're top two in the league. Yeah, no, they're, I mean, they're, what, they're, what well, it starts with these starters. The, the starters have been phenomenal, uh, specifically Tanner Hall, Matty Adams on Saturday. They've they've gotten you deep into the into that into those games and, and set up that bullpen. And they look, he's got a couple guys. I mean, as shaky as that bullpen has been down there, like in the back end. They've got some really good go-to guys that they're comfortable with using now. And don't you have to have time to develop a staff when five were drafted, Florida buys one off your, your roster? Yeah, I think that I think that buys you some time, absolutely, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So you're not ready to fire Oz? Nah. No, no. <laughs> Second base, um, yeah, Robertson, Lacey, I mean, what are they – just you know, a hot I, hand? Is I, that how you, you roll know, I don't know. I don't, that's a good question, Luke. And and they've kind of – I mean, they have changed that thing up just almost nightly. Um, yeah, I think he just wants somebody to go out there and win the job. And, and yeah. you know, even if it's not – you know, I don't, I don't think you got to go out there and get three hits a night. Just go out there and add something to this team. Add some energy. Do something that right. uh, gives him a reason to plug you back in that lineup. Would you agree, I think, maybe one of the most overlooked things about who was lost off the team last year was McGillis? Because McGillis was your second baseman, one of the top three or four hitters on the team. Power-wise. Power-wise. And now he's gone, and there hasn't been anybody that can step up and take his job. Yeah, I I think that's fair to say, but I can tell you this, that, you know, Coach Barry, Coach Krill, Coach Oz, look, those – they're not no excuses, right? I mean, they're they're gonna right. we're gonna play with who we got, and, right. and we're gonna figure out sure. the best the, guy. The thing for about it. Creek Robertson, Creek Robertson has that edge to him, you know. And but you look at what Lacey did last. Lacey hit twelve home runs for Tennessee Tech last year. Yeah. It's just kind of like it seems as if sometimes when you're in a position battle in the season, extra pressure, you know, can be on because you feel well, like you got to win the job. I think it's day. fair to say too is is the the consistent reps. I mean, that's yeah. what you're. You know, it's hard to get in the rhythm. When you're getting three or four bats and you're sitting for a game or two, and then you're doing it again, so uh, Speaks again, I think a little though about depth. I mean, you've got some depth if you've got three yeah. different kids you can put in and out. Like yeah, that. no doubt. The, All right, but, the Eagles win two out of three, if not sweep. This what do you weekend. What do you think? Uh, I got I got Eags two out of three. So be honest. Yeah. If you were going to war, you're telling me that you would not take Norfolk State <laughs> over Dallas Baptist. Oh boy, that's a that's a toughie. Uh, March, March the seventh, man. They beat North Folk State, man. What about Tufts? Are they playing Tufts? T U F T S? The Jumbos? You like how it worked out? Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Are you actually going to keep coming back to this every Thursday? <laughs> uh, for a while? We'll see. That's debatable. Part of his prison work release program. <laughs> thank you, buddy. We appreciate. Yeah, it. thank y'all. Cliff Rossum, everybody. Scary Gary's going to talk about this Ricky Stenthouse interview. He can't get over that. Well, no, he was amazed. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. 
Eagle Hour live at Corner Market, Midtown Hattiesburg. The whole gang here, Michael, producing for us back in the Southern Bank Horse Studio. Appreciate Cliff Russell joining us, as well as Richard Giannini earlier in the program. If you missed those interviews, as well as talking about Homes of Hope, uh, you can check us out on all of the podcasts and platforms, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Audible, and Apple Podcast as well on supertalk.fm. Sunbelt Baseball, Southern Miss, and Old Dominion getting underway here in uh, just a, about an, an hour. hour. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Texas State at South Al this weekend, Louisiana, making the trek up to Marshall. Who knows where they'll actually play those games. Right. But, um, yeah, up at Marshall, Georgia State at James Madison, ULM and Boone against App State, Georgia Southern at Coastal Carolina. And it looks like Texas State and South Al are playing a doubleheader today. Uh, Troy and uh, at Arkansas State. So I'm still tempted and wondering. Um, hey, by the way, Bob is accusing you of cupcakes, and yeah, he uh, he just is going rummaging through the, Easter the, yeah, the Easter, Easter candy M&M, over here. So, I'm, so I'm, I'm 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 playing this. I'm being objective here, Sander, just for you. Um, anyway, it'd be interesting to see if they alter the schedule to try to get a doubleheader in. And and besides the the Southern Miss series with ODU, the other one undoubtedly that we're really going to be looking at is Georgia Southern at. Uh, at Coastal. Yep. And Coastal has just been They're tearing really good. the cover off the They're ball. Really it's good. amazing. Yeah, they are. All right. The most famous person in Super Talk Media is with us, Scary Gary. Scary <laughs> Gary is a huge NASCAR guy. Big Dana Kirkpatrick fan when she was racing. <laughs> and uh, he he told me the other day, oh, I see you boys had uh, Stenhouse on the show. You scooped everybody up here. So what do yep. you think about that, Gary? That was good. I heard about it uh Will told me that uh, that y'all had him on, and so I listened to the podcast that night, and uh, I thought y'all did real good. I said, you know, we tried to, I, I tried to line him up after he won Daytona. Well, it kind of got put on the back burner, and of course it, you know, faded away because JT's no longer with us. But uh, JT used to would have him on. He had him on several times, you know. He loved NASCAR. Oh yeah, he loved it. Yeah. I mean, he and I went to Talladega every year. But, yeah, it was good for Ricky to win that. And just think, it don't matter if he ever wins another race, he'll always be known as the Daytona 500. One, one thing he told us, Senator, you can fill in the blank. So he was telling us he was on Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s podcast a couple weeks ago. And Earnhardt said, now that you're a Daytona winner, when we go to these special events, like, you have to go. It's part of the club now. That's right. And, and financially, you know, he says, well, you're only as good as your last race. But I'm going, dude, come on. You're, you are not just as good as your last race That's because right. Adam, you have – Let's just say that, uh, that boosted his uh, his paycheck. Marketability. Yeah. Right? He doesn't yes. race for Gibbs, does he? No. No, he runs for JTG uh, Racing. But it, but it is cool. I mean, just I ask him this question specifically. Another one of a Mississippi athlete winning at the highest levels oh, yeah. and representing the state. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like uh, Chase Purdy in Meridian. He's a truck. He drives for NASCAR truck. He won a race this year. And he's, he's a sophomore at Ole Miss. He's still attending school and racing on the weekends. And he's doing pretty good. He finished like what? second or third this past weekend. Wasn't Lake Speed a pretty accomplished NASCAR? Yeah, he only won Darlington. He he ran a lot of races. I mean, Lake Speed was a world's champion go-karter. Right. I mean, he was a world's champion. But uh, in NASCAR, he just never really – I mean, he, he won Darlington was his one race, of course. But uh, then toward the end of his – career when he started filling in like he you know he drove the spam car he filled in the 28 when uh mm-hmm. Irvin was hurt so i mean he he did good in the 28 yeah. now but but lake just never really had the money and the equipment 
and we mentioned on the show too that Tommy Joe Martins, um, yeah, who's been yeah, has been racing got him a team Xfinity. He's in yeah, yeah, and he's uh, he's now a team owner and uh, racing cars in the, in the his his rate his drivers Xfinity. are racing in the Xfinity series and doing they're yeah. competing. Yeah, uh, uh, Luke, you may have to separate these two now. Yeah, I like it, uh, <laughs> Gary. I want you to fill in the blank. Real men drive what circuit? NASCAR. Real uh, men drive okay. what type of car? Uh, a Chevy. Uh, See, I knew we were going to disagree on that. Now, <laughs> real men drive Indy cars too. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean that's that's more a flying. Yeah. Yeah, because the NASCARs will go, the NASCARs will go one ninety ish. Yeah, well, these are two twenty three, two thirty. I mean, you know. Yeah, you're going forty miles amazing. an hour. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, when you can, the Indy cars, when when you're up at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, a two and a half mile oval, and they will start to finish around that oval, two and a half miles in thirty nine seconds. Yeah, that's cooking. But of course, if they hit the wall, there's a whole lot more cleanup. Well, well, I don't know. There's not a whole lot. It's just it's it's more <laughs> it's powder, pits and pieces. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that would really be more dangerous driving in that type oh, yeah. of vehicle, would it not? Oh sure. Cracked oh, sure. headlights, every valve rattles, oil leaks every time. That's how you spell Chevrolet. Found on road dead. <laughs> well, we're going to see. First on race day, baby. <laughs> they're, the one, they're the ones we're going to have to separate, Bob. Fill in the first one on a deal. Yeah, apparently so. Yeah, apparently so. All right, Scary, you know, we really appreciate all you do for us, Bad. You're a well, thank you. valuable, valuable member of our team and a big part of the Super Talk family. And, uh, hey, look, we can't count out Ricky this weekend because we had a dirt track. That's right. That's, that's his forte right. is he grew up at dirt. And in an Easter race, too, which rarely happens. Right. Never happens. All right, guys. Uh, repeat edition of the Eagle Hour tomorrow. Tell us how it's off on Good Friday. Happy Easter happy to Easter. everybody. That happy Easter. Happy Easter, Easter brother. Amen. And, uh, Gary, thank you, man. Hey, thank you. I hope you find a golden egg. Until next time, Southern Miss. To the, to the top. top. Into the Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.